Thanks for checking out this episode of the Screen Packs with Jason Davis podcast. In each episode, we talk about a movie. We share some fun trivia facts along the way. You can check out the latest episode of the podcast on Wednesdays. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Post your comments or questions. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com or tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. For past episodes of the show, please visit jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. So we're going to do something a little bit different for this episode. I'm going to turn things over to my lovely wife, Sue. She's going to take you on this journey for this movie. So take it away. Thanks, honey. Welcome to Screen Facts with Sue Davis. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Bye, honey. See you later. Have fun. Love you. Love you, too. (laughs) I have a very, very, very special guest today. One of my bestest friends in the entire world. Someone I've known since I was five years old. My sister from another mister, Kathy Wrights. Hi, everybody. I'm very (laughs) excited to be here. This is so exciting to me. Now, everybody probably knows that Jason has been doing this podcast, obviously, with Eric Wrights. We're related. (laughs) It's true. But Kathy and I met in first grade. Yes. And we went to grammar school together, high school together. College, we went our separate ways for a couple of years, and then we we were right back together again. Yep. Ever since then. (laughs) In 2001, a movie came out. What were we doing in 2001? I don't know. I was pregnant with Tommy at the time. Okay. So I don't know. I guess I was busy with young kids. Yeah. (laughs) But you got out to see it, right? You saw it in the movies? No, I did not see it in the theater. I saw it several years later. Somebody I worked with who had teenage daughters... Okay. was talking about it, that they had seen it, I guess, when they were younger or okay. something. And I said, I had never heard of that movie. And she recommended it. This was the person I worked with. Her name was Robin. Oh. That was the beginning of my love for A Knight's Tale and Heath Ledger. Yes. Released May 11th, 2001. Written, directed, and produced by Brian Helgeland. With an estimated budget of $65 million. Grossed in the USA $56 million. But worldwide, $117 million. So I, I think they got a good return on their investment there. I'd say so, because I think this movie, for me anyway, has certainly lived on. I've introduced all sorts of people to it. Including me. Including you. It took you a while. It I don't did. know why. I don't know. For some reason, with the family, we never were like, okay, let's watch Night's Tale. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really want to watch it alone. And I've seen little snippets of it. But I remember when it came out, it was such a big deal that it was, you know, like Renaissance or medieval times, but it had the modern music and right. everyone was freaking out about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that, that I didn't know much about it when it came out because we used to go to medieval times together. Yeah. Not medieval times. Oh, the other one. Renaissance Fair. Renaissance right? Fair. That's yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We used to we used to do that fairly regularly. Yeah. But no, I wasn't aware of it coming out when it came out. So it was several years later that I saw it for the first time. I've probably seen it at least a dozen times at this point. That is super cool. And I can understand why. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I'm so glad. Oh, my gosh. Yay. I was sitting there like once it started, I was full in. As I'm watching, I'm thinking, why did I wait so long? I don't know. Tommy saw it. A couple years ago. Okay. With my sister. Yeah. And he's like, Mom, I can't believe you haven't seen this. <laughs> I don't know. But now you have. How about that first scene? I actually... Oh, my gosh. Okay, I said go ahead. something about that. That first scene, it was just... You didn't quite know what was going on at first. Yeah. And they're standing there with this guy against the tree, Sir Ector. Okay. He's got those plugs up his nostrils. Yeah. And I didn't know why. Heath Ledger's character, William. And he's standing there looking at him. And then 
the thing that I thought was hilarious and, of course, kind of gross because I'm a nurse and this was gross. <laughs> he took the plugs out of his nostrils yeah. and handed them to the other guy and says, that one's the right one and that one's the left one. <laughs> what is that? And he just put them up his nose. And he put nose. them up the same side. Oh. <laughs> like, yuck. But anyway. <laughs> So that was the first scene, and they say that the Lord Ector, who died, he was the knight who mm-hmm. was involved in the jousting and the tournaments, Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were all kind of stuck because they needed money. These were the three guys who helped him, I guess, took care of the horses, took care of his armor, whatever, right, so right. they needed money. They hadn't eaten in three days. So that's how the plan got hatched uh-huh. for what became the remainder of the movie. Yep. So obviously this movie stars Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. <laughs> also starring Shannon Sassaman and Mark Addy, Rufus Sewell, Paul Bettany, and two people I was kind of surprised to see in there, James Portnoy as the uh, prince. The, oh, the prince. That's yeah. who that was. Okay. Yeah. And Alan Tudyk. Who I thought was British. I know. American, and, though, right? He, yeah. I didn't know he was American until the, the after show things yeah. where they were doing interviews and things. Yeah, his I accent always, was so thick, sometimes you couldn't even understand I always him. thought he was British. I came late to the Alan Tudyk party because <laughs> one night we were watching uh, Dodgeball. Was it I Dodge never Ball? saw that. Oh, my gosh. It's so goofy and fun. And he plays the character who just lives his life as a pirate. Oh, really? Steve the pirate. And he's got, like, long hair and the, the big hat and all the pirate stuff. And then at a certain point towards the end, he just gives it all up and he cuts his hair and everything. Now he's on that TV show, Powerless, with Vanessa Hudgens. But it's really cute because it, like, takes place in comic book world. Okay. And he runs a company that provides services. And, you know, they're just regular humans. They're not the superheroes. But he's really funny in that. So I am full on an Alan Tudyk lover. And then when I saw him in this, I went, oh, my gosh, look how young. He and was look so at the funny. Hair. Yeah, so his, his character's name, I actually kept thinking it was Walt. But it's not. It's just Watt. What? What? W A T. So he's the hothead in this. Okay, yeah. The, the redhead, red hothead. Hair. I don't know. He gets <laughs> mad that Sir Ector dies and starts kicking the poor man. He's yeah, already dead. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. And then he doesn't take kindly to Chaucer coming in. No, he does not like <laughs> Chaucer at all. <laughs> and the part of Chaucer was actually written for Paul Bettany. I heard that too. Yeah. That the director, he wrote it for him. They were friends and he thought he could picture him in it. Yeah. Did you hear that they didn't know what Chaucer, in history, real history, <laughs> they did not know what Chaucer was doing for a six-month period? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so Brian Helgeland mm-hmm. imagined that maybe this is what he was doing. Maybe. And he wrote the Canterbury's Tales. There was a knight's tale in the Canterbury Tales, yes. which I haven't read. I do really want to. So that's what his imagination was. Well, maybe this is what Chaucer was up to during those six months. So he became part of the story. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. Later on, when they meet Peter the Pardoner oh, right. and the Summoner. Those are actually characters from yes. there too, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I know they said one of the characters, apparently he had syphilis, so they were <laughs> trying to show that he was had the blisters around his oh, mouth or something. Yeah. I thought that's kind of gross, but okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but his first scene, he's naked in yeah. it, Paul Bettany. <laughs> now, why was he naked is my question. Was Were they playing strip poker or something? Uh I guess he just lost money and he had no other way to pay for it. So they took his clothes. Okay. You know, you couldn't just go to Target and buy new, you know, pick (laughs) up clothes as easily back then. I guess people didn't have a lot of clothes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
That was his punishment for not having the money. They took his clothes. <laughs> took his clothes. Yeah. It's not like he had a, a Rolex they could take or right, something. Right, right. What else could they do? No gold fillings or anything like yeah. that. So. so I learned um, a couple interesting things about some of the actors. Okay. Um, Paul Bettany had a theater background, oh, okay. which I could see because I thought when he was doing, you know, like the big introductions and stuff, he looked like he could be on stage. Yes. You know, proclaiming and, you know, making up all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he had his stage debut in the West End. Of London. I was like, well, that's a great debut. That's a yes. great way to start. This was considered his breakout role. Oh, all right. Because I guess he had smaller parts, and then this was the big thing. And then I remember hearing that he got laryngitis when the filming was over, because he did so much shouting. He did a lot of shouting. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I liked how the other the other heralds, after he would do these introductions to William, yeah. then the other guys were trying to sort of emulate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their bo- their introductions were very boring before that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the one it- guy almost copied them. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Should we be saying what how the what the movie was about? Really? You no, know, we would, could. Yeah, we could, I don't know. I'm guessing if that people a lot- haven't seen it, which I can't believe they maybe didn't see it. Like me up until yesterday. If and shame on the rest of you. you if, if you didn't see it yet, <laughs> then maybe you should wait till after you see it to listen to the rest. Because okay. we're going to tell you what happens. Spoiler alerts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts out. We learn that William, who is Heath Ledger. <sighs> Dreamy. Yes. Yeah. A moment of silence. Sorry, I can't talk about the story yet because I'm, I'm still thinking about Heath Ledger. Yes. To get more information for this beyond, you know, just like basic stuff, I like to read interviews. To read the interviews from 01, 00 and 01 and mm-hmm. 02 with him, how he was and, you know, where he saw himself going. Right. And... He was really just beginning then. Yeah. That was his first real big role, yeah. I guess. I guess he had had a couple yeah, third of, movie. of important roles um, in Australia, where he's right. from. Right. And then he came to America. He did um, 10 Things I Ten Hate things About I You. 10 Things I Hate About You. And right. The Patriot. Right. That's right. He Wasn't he... Um, Mel Gibson's son. What's his son. name? Son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson was his hero, really. An Australian oh. actor, big time that's celebrity. Right. And there that's he right. is acting against him. He actually ended up calling his agent having such a lack of confidence that he couldn't he didn't know what to do oh you know and he got himself you know he got himself through it obviously and Mm -hmm. went back to work yes yes (laughs) yeah so this was his third american movie he never had an acting lesson in his life he never had a dancing lesson in his life he was the kind of kid who taught himself how to dance in his bedroom oh you know know and he was a gene kelly fan he loved gene kelly movies when he was 10 I think is when I read he was bitten by the acting bug. I know it was, yeah, when he was fairly young. He, I guess he did some plays in school, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, his sister did shows too, and he said okay. she was a really good actress. Oh, and cool about him and his sister, their names. I don't know what her name is. Well, they call her Kate, but it's Catherine. Okay. He's Heath, short for Heathcliff. Heathcliff and Catherine are from... Weathering Heights. Exactly. Yes. I only finally read that story a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, maybe about six or seven years ago. Yeah, that one we did, definitely did not have to read for high school. No, it was a strange book. Yeah, whatever. it was odd, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I thought it was so cool when I read that they were both named after that. I'm like, what a... Like themes for your kids' names. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, so when he was 10, his parents got divorced, and he kind of started looking into himself. He was very introspective, apparently. They said he was an old soul. Anybody who talked about him said he was like an old soul. Like, here he was, 21 years old, doing this movie, and it was like, he just... 
seemed so much more worldly and self-assured mm-hmm. and just special. Yeah. It was special. That, and that special I watched also this week, I Am Heath. A lot of people, you know, they were interviewing like some Australian actors like Naomi Watts and people like that. And they all said in his 28 years, he lived at least 50 yes. years of life. Yes. He did a lot. Yeah. I mean, he almost never slept. Wow. He was just, he couldn't sleep. He, his brain was always going with ideas, and he was just so creative. Right, because he wanted to direct. He directed some music videos. Yeah. The one I saw had, yeah. had said that, and he used to do photography. Mm-hmm. His dad was showing, and this one I saw was a different, it was Too Young to Die or something, a series, yeah. and he, they did an episode on him. His dad showed some of his pictures. He yeah. used to, um, before Photoshop, I guess, or mm-hmm. he used to take nail polish and change the pictures. Oh, cool. And do things like take a scalpel and they'll scratch things okay. to make different effects on the photos. And his dad said he was just very, very caring person. Mm-hmm. He talked about when he got his license and he helped him fix up a car. Dad, dad, I guess, was really into cars. It wasn't quite clear what he did, but okay. he fixed up a car for him and Heath drove the car and hit a tree. <laughs> And so his dad looking at the car saying, like, look what you did to the car. And Heath was looking at the tree saying, oh, my gosh, I hurt the tree. So, I mean, that says a lot about something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was a special, special Mm -hmm. guy. Also, the special we were watching, I didn't realize he liked to video a lot of stuff. Like, he videoed himself. He videoed his friends. And just, like... And they would say, what are you doing? And he'd say, just making, you know, just re- just recording wow, memories. Wow, that was before all everybody does it now, of yeah. course. But. Yeah, I mean, he was actually, and he would create scenes for himself and act them out and then watch them later to see how he did. Oh. Because you know, here's where I'm going to turn into an actor geek. He considered himself an instrument as an actor. You know, like how you would play a saxophone was how he used his body and his voice and, you know, movements. Right. And he said that he was like a soundboard almost. You know, for this character, I'll turn this up and turn that down and do this and do that. Wow. You know. That's a really good way of looking at it. It's really interesting. And here I'm thinking, I bet if he was still alive, someone would have, like, talked to him and said, that's the Heath Ledger method. And we need to sell that to new actors. And, you know, because everyone has a method for what they do. But he was just such a natural. He really was. Really was. And his voice. I know. Yeah. That somebody who had directed him, I don't think it was Brian, I think it was somebody else who had directed him in something, said his voice, the way it resonates more in his chest than just coming from like his throat. And when you listen to him compared to the other actors who are all wonderful, yeah, it is. His voice is different. It like works differently. Yeah. I I noticed that and I wasn't sure. (laughs) I wasn't sure if it was something in in the video. No, I think it's just, it's him. His voice just resonated throughout his whole body or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was really cool. And did you know he he rode horses too? (gasps) Okay. He was big into horses, which was why it was great. He was obviously on horses in this movie, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't that difficult for him to to do those parts of the movie. He did not do his own stunts, though. The stunts people were people, were guys who actually jousted. Oh, okay. Like, at Renaissance festivals. All right. And the main guy who actually, like, played William and played the bad guy's name. Adamar? Lord Adamar. Adamar. Yeah, so the, the same guy played William. He played Adamar. He played pretty much anyone. Once Because you could just put the helmet down. <laughs> right. When you're in armor, you don't know who's under there. Yeah, so it turns out he was a guy who actually worked in Vegas. 
and he would stage, you know, jousts oh, okay. and ride in them himself also. Yeah. I guess it was pretty tricky to film those jousting scenes because yeah. they said like horses don't naturally want to run towards each other with these big sticks coming at them. That makes so sense. So that, that took, it took a lot of training. Yeah. And figuring out how to make the lances so that they would break easily but yes. look really cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was wild. Yeah. How they had tried like all the different things for the lances. Yes. And then what they ended up settling on, because it looked, just looked the best, was the um, raw spaghetti, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Balsa wood and then yeah. spaghetti like inside it yeah. or something. And so so that it just it like all looked like all the splinters splinter. were flying. Of course, then I'm watching the whole movie going, mm, I really go for some spaghetti right about now. <laughs> but I, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> so the story of the movie. Yes. You know what? I think it had a little something for everyone, this kind of movie. I think so, too. Because you have William, who starts out as the squire. Mm-hmm. And you learn... Humble background, of yeah, course. you Very learn later humble. in the movie. They did neat flashbacks. The kid who played him young. Oh, he was That so hair. Cute. Oh, my yes. gosh. I kept looking at it going, I hope that's not the kid's real hair, because that looks <laughs> like that will never comb out again. <laughs> a little disheveled. Yeah. <laughs> Like all yeah. the all the Willa Balsam in the world's not going to get through that. <laughs> well, it was so sad though the flashback about yeah. how he came about to be working with yeah. Lord Ector. Can yeah. you imagine as a parent just oh. giving your I mean giving your kid to somebody else yeah. to continue to His raise? Dad, I guess, couldn't raise him. We don't know what happened to the mother. Yeah. That's never even yeah. talked about. But the dad couldn't raise him and basically had him go with this knight. Yeah, who could feed him and clothe him mm-hmm. and. Show him the world too. That was that he, was a very hard choice. Yeah, he was little too. He was really little. He was only like maybe nine or something. Yeah. I guess he was supposed to be. <laughs> the guy's like, here, show me your muscles, and it's just like this little arm. He's like, oh, that'll do. That'll do. Oh, I'm so cute. Yeah. At least he seemed like a nice man. Yeah, actor. He yeah. did seem. Then that little brief three seconds we saw him. Yeah, and it took me a minute to realize that that was the same guy from the beginning. Right, and also um, Roland. Yes. Was, you know, the boy, so they he'd known him all his life, too. Right. Well, almost all his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, Roland was a little older than him. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was so, you know, to me, the story had, you know, the, the squire with the as- big aspirations. Yes. Friendship. Friendship. Oh, my God. The group. They were just terrific. And then they added p- more people onto the group. Because yeah. it started out with, what, William and Watt and Roland. Mm-hmm. And they had been together for a little while, I guess, with Lord Ector. Right. And then they meet. Chaucer, right, and he kind of joins on them, is and is into their quest, right. sort of, yeah. you know. And then Kate, right, the blacksmith, the blacksmith. He needs his armor fixed, mm-hmm. and she's the woman blacksmith, and uh, you know she's trying to prove herself, right, and just you know gets in on the cause and yeah. what William is doing, and sees his good heart, and they become a real, you know, they all fight for each other. Yeah. It's yeah, really, and really you know, nice. he's there helpless in the stockade and they surround him. Yes. You know, so the and villagers can't him. do anything. Yeah. You know, and it's just him. like, oh man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and they all get together to help him win over Jocelyn, the love interest. Yeah. There is romance in this movie too, yeah, of course. There's a love story. <laughs> yes, there is. And it's very sweet. It, I it really is. Mhm. I loved when they were getting him ready. For the banquet? Yes. I said to Jason, oh my gosh, it's like Cinderella. <laughs> yes. They're getting him ready for the ball. I mean, someone's well, physically sewing the curtain into a tunic. And What color are you going to wear? And then Roland looks at the curtain. Yeah. Like Gone with the Wind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he decides that he's going to make his tunic out of the yeah. curtains. Green with 
with uh, wooden toggles. <laughs> then they teach him how to dance. Yeah. Oh, he I know loved how to dance. it. Yeah, it was very sweet. And I forget, who did Kate say to him, are you going to wear your hair like that? Yes. <laughs> Is there another way to Is wear it? Is there another way to wear it? <laughs> she kind of rolls her eyes yeah. like, oh, man. <laughs> And him meeting Jocelyn, of course he sees her and she's beautiful and that's what first attracts mm-hmm. him to her. But she's got real spirit too and yeah. a real independent streak. And yeah. I liked in the when they were in the church mm-hmm. and they had their first fight. Yes. When she's uh, asking him to say poetry like he did in this letter right, that he had right. sent to her. And he's very awkward and saying yeah. all goofy things. Yeah. And they start yelling at each other. And uh-huh. the priest comes along and mm-hmm. shushes her. Uh-huh saying you're in the house of God and she pushes the priest away mm-hmm. and says you're going to shush me but not shush him like he's doing the same thing here yeah. he's yelling in here too so yeah. she's got a real you know she's got a real bold streak yeah, too she's spitfire yes she is she and is. you know I'm watching it and I'm thinking wow she is really cool she you is. know I mean she has her attendant but you don't see her really answering to anybody. And I right. kind of almost forgot the position that women had back then until I keep wanting to call him Adderall. It's not his name. <laughs> no, that's a medication. <laughs> Adamar. Adamar. When Adamar tells William, oh, well, I've entered a contract with her father. Right. And we don't even know, really, she's she's a lady. Yeah. But we don't know what position her father yeah. has. We yeah. really don't find Like, I assume out. she's not a princess or anything, right. but she is nobility. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And she has her ear handmaid. Who right. Actually... Romance during those times, mm-hmm. you had to have things communicated by a messenger. Okay? okay, so say someone wanted to court somebody. Okay, you had to have it communicated by a messenger, and that was why Jocelyn's handmaid mm-hmm. is the one who brings the messages to mm-hmm. William and his friends initially, yeah. and helps them get together too. Mm-hmm. And they write that beautiful letter to mm-hmm. her when she's away, when they're away from each other, yeah. and it's it is beautiful. Each of them put a little part of themselves in it, of something that reminded them of somebody they were in love with mm-hmm. and something that happened in heartache and things. Mm-hmm. And they all put it into the letter. Yeah. It was very, very yeah. nice. And I love that when Watt brought the letters, he would stay there as she was reading them and then he'd end up crying too. Yes. <laughs> so even though he was a hothead, he was also a softie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. He was crying. <laughs> Now, Shannon Sossaman, I read that this was her first movie. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. She, surprising. She was born in Hawaii, but her family moved to California, and she was she took dance lessons, and she was a dancer, so she was pursuing a career in dance, but she also did DJ work on the side, mm-hmm. so she was working with a friend at Gwyneth Paltrow's birthday party okay. when the casting director was there at the party and saw her and was like, hmm... I'm very interested. I casted, you know, the usual suspects and this and that. So she got an audition. Yeah. And, and she got called that. back six times. Wow. She decided, I, well, I want that part. And she got it. Yeah. And all like, because she was DJing at Gwyneth Paltrow's birthday party. I know. You never know how you're going to get started, right? Yeah. Right? So. And she was very pretty, I have to. I must say. She was very beautiful. Yeah. She did wear some wild clothes. Yeah. Um, it was interesting that even though this was taking place in the 14th century, mm-hmm. they did definitely try to add modern touches mm-hmm. because they wanted it to appeal to current generations and not just be like, oh, this is kind of weird and boring and weird music. Helgeland said that when he writes, he likes to listen to music. Okay. So he was thinking about, like, you know, the characters, you know, especially William and his friends, you know, they're growing up. They're 
mm-hmm. they're getting out there, they're finding their own voice. And he was like, well, when I was doing that, it was rock and roll. Yeah. You know, so this is their rock and roll. And it really, if you can like, as an audience member, put yourself in the character's shoes and listen to like the actual stuff that they were listening to. Right. The other songs is what how it made them feel. Right. So the, even though the songs were modern in it, mm-hmm. it was as if in their time what their songs would have been like. Yeah. Them. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we will rock you. It's right. like, you know, I'm sure, you know, they had something back then. Right. They had some know. sort of chant or some sort of cheer or something mm-hmm. that they did. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Golden Years, I thought, oh, my gosh, oh when my they transitioned God. into that, that was perfect. That was, that was fun. And just the looks on their faces as they were dancing. It's like, oh, yeah, these yep. are their golden years. This mm-hmm. is perfect. It was very fun. So cool. You very know, fun. Like stadium rock. Right. And it was, surpri- <laughs> it was surprising, stuff. too. It was definitely unique, mm-hmm. I think, I think in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, he said he wanted it totally intentionally anachronistic. Yes. So that was why they felt fine about shaking up the music. Right. And then they talked to the costume designer. You know, the men didn't wear tights in this movie. The women no. didn't have those cone hats because they just said that's so alien to people. Yes. Currently. They wanted them to look sexy and fun, but, yeah. you know, not modern dress yeah but i read that the costume designer ended up going with 1970s rolling stones yes for the just rock stars just total rock star and when chaucer shows up in that coat that long coat at the end i'm like absolutely that's like hendrix Mm -hmm. it was so cool that was cool um and also the other thing to keep in the period like the music Mm -hmm. being our period yeah but you know they also use some expressions okay the same way that we use them now. Okay. Like they wouldn't nobody would have said wow oh, back true. then. But remember Jocelyn says that mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. He says something to her and she just goes, Wow, like real sarcastically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at one point, um, I think it's Watt's character Somebody, I don't even remember the exact scene, but he goes, hello, like that, hello, like people say to each other. Like nobody would have really said that back then, but that was the intent. That's very true. So I thought that was really funny. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So you got to watch it 12 times. Well, yeah, because every time you'll see something new. Yes. (laughs) I used to watch it at least once a year and then I'd watch it like with somebody, introduce it to somebody. So yeah, so I saw it a lot. So here we have our um, the coming of age, the romance, mm-hmm. and then the rivalry. Yes. What a jerk that other guy oh, was. Adamar. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. He is just so self-centered and evil. Yeah. He says something about when you win, it's the trophy, the horse, and the woman or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, in that order, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he yeah he values women very little, just yeah. possession. Like yeah, yeah. when he even is talking to her, telling Jocelyn about how the joust is um, right. scored. I'm glad they did that because yes. I wouldn't have known. Right, and he's telling about the points, and he says, "I for one have never been unhorsed." And then Jocelyn, mm. what does she say? She was like, "I never have either, nor or? have I." Right, right. <laughs> So she's just like letting him know, like, you like, know what? I ain't that easy, mister. Yeah, that don't impress me much, No, it mister. does not. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, he's he's pretty evil. He just wants to win at all costs. Of course, Will does, too. Yeah. But he doesn't want to do it by cheating. Exactly. He wants to win it because Adamar is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and because, well, Adamar thinks he's a rival for Jocelyn's affection. But right. Jocelyn has Jocelyn's, no interest yeah. in, in right. him at all. But, right. of course, he's a lord. 
Right. And William is not really. Right. So I guess Lord Adamar does have more of a chance of actually ending up with Jocelyn. Well, yeah. With the way things were done. Yeah. At that time. Because women really didn't have a no. choice about who they married. No, they didn't. I mean, well, the peasants did, I guess. But nobility, it was all arranged. Right. All arranged. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Frustrating. Huh? How far we've come. Yes. That's yes. Good. Oh, but then when you realize that he... Uh, rigged his lance. Yes. So it's got the, the sharpened oh, tip at the end. And yes. they realize. Yes. I'm like, wait, stop, stop. Like, show somebody this. Go like, yes. right now. I know. Well, that's what Eric would say as he's like, well, why didn't he just tell the tournament people that look, look, yeah. they cheated. And yeah. he, I'm like, no, they couldn't. Because first of all, then, you know, the movie wouldn't quite be the same. Well, yeah. If he said, no, he, Lord Adamar cheated. You yeah. know, that wouldn't happen. But also <laughs> just because he was determined, even though he did that, you know what, I'm going to be him this guy doesn't deserve to win that was some scene Did, weren't you surprised uh, like he took off the armor all of it I could not so, believe yep, it the final joust where it's like all or nothing yep. he, he takes off his armor because mm-hmm. he, he felt constricted in it he had already been stabbed by the, the lance mm-hmm. And he couldn't breathe. He yeah. takes everything off. So here he is, like, practically naked. Yeah, he's got the tunic. Yeah, and running. The, like, pants that's and it. No protection. No protection. No helmet. Yeah. In a way, it reminded me of that final moment in the competition of Karate Kid. And he, you know, just ends up knocking him out. It's so cool. <laughs> it kind of was. Of course, of course, too. Then right after he jumps off the horse, he's all like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, he's, he's moving around pretty good for a guy who got stabbed yeah. with, with the lance. but. Okay, yeah. it's a movie. It still is a movie. Right, it's right. still a feel good in the end movie. Absolutely, that was Absolutely. The, that was the idea. I cried when he reunited with his father. Yes, of course, that was so sweet. Well, and he suspected that his father might not even be alive anymore when he got to London. No, oh, that's right. And Talking the girl to told girl. him. Was Adamar following him? Yeah. Or have, I, it was very strange. I'm like, how did Adamar find out that his father lived there? Yeah, he must he must have been following him the whole time. Yeah. Did you see any of the deleted scenes? No. The ones that were not included in the no. movie there was a few that told a little bit about things so oh, okay. okay one was really cute you know they had the coat of arms mm-hmm. and they never really addressed how that came about i had assumed for a while that it was just lord ector's coat of arms oh, okay but it really couldn't be because lord ector was gone and william wasn't taking his identity or anything right so they needed their own coat of arms so there was a scene that was not included in the release what Roland and William were sitting around a campfire trying to decide about what their banner would have on it. So Watt, of course, being like the hothead, whatever, he wanted a lion, you know, a lion like attacking something. So William said, no, he really thought a phoenix rising from the ashes because he said that's kind of what's happening here. And at first, Roland and Watt were thinking, he just wanted one phoenix on there. Mm-hmm. But then William was like, no, it'll be three phoenixes, of course, because we're all doing this. Aww. So, But then, of course, Watt says, OK, how about a phoenix grasping a lion in its talons alive? Oh, <laughs> I think that would have been really good to keep in the movie. So there was another uh, cut scene where another Chaucer intro, and it was so over, even more over the top. Oh, my gosh. The, the okay. ones they included. And it made me think about the one... Um, one of the first intros he did, uh, William was going to do the sword competition. Right. And the crowd just kind of all is standing there. After he does this big, long introduction, mm-hmm. the crowd is just staring. That really happened. The, yeah. the extras from the Czech Republic didn't realize that they should be doing anything after that. They were a little confused by <laughs> well, this whole English, thing. Right? They didn't speak English. Oh and they, I guess they didn't know that that was when they were supposed to do anything. So mm-hmm. Mark Addy mm-hmm. kind of improvised going... 
yeah, to get them going, oh, and that got them going. That worked perfectly. Yeah. And I didn't realize in the jousting, they used the coat of arms to signify who was participating. Right. They were hanging up their shields. Yeah. yeah. And then the white banner over it was the forfeit. Yes. Oh, you know what? The other th- couple things I loved about the stadium in the very beginning during the We Will Rock You when they did the wave. The wave. It's <laughs> like, really? Oh, that's awesome. That's and then um, how people would have their faces painted. Yes, that was fun. Like the color of the, cra- of you know, the, the night, coat I of guess arm they that wanted... they were behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, how about the one scene where... Um... I guess somebody's helmet gets knocked off. We don't even know who. Yeah. And it flies into the crowd and they're all going to grab at yeah. it like a baseball at a baseball game. Yep. That was funny. That was great. That was very funny. Oh, <laughs> another happy fan. <laughs> but I mean, jousting was huge back then. Yeah, it was. That was like the, the football, Super yeah. Bowl, you know. Of yeah. their time. And plus, they were in France. They ended up in England. They ended up so, in England, yes. You know, it was an international thing, too. And then you get, like, the rivalries between the countries. And I'm thinking it's like the World Cup today, almost. Yes. When they were trying to figure out how to actually film the jousting, that they were considering CGI. They tried some, and it just, they were not happy with it. Yeah. So they brought in a stunt coordinator who used to play for the Rams in L.A., and he'd done a bunch of football movies. Like okay. any given Sunday. And he said, we'll just have them collide and film it and we'll right. do this, you know. And they were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. You know, and then they bring the real jousters How in. How much is could... the insurance for this movie? With the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, how about the theme? A man can change his stars. Yes. Look, look what I wrote on the back of my notes. Oh, change right. Change your stars. That was, that was the basic theme. That was what William's father told him mm-hmm. as a boy. Yeah. A man can change his stars. And, of course, William did. Yeah. You know? And then he comes back and is able to tell his father. Yeah. Your son changed his stars. And then his father realizes, even though he's blind, that that, this is my son standing before me. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I thought... Well, he doesn't recognize him like the, his voice, but he left he when was he was child. little. Yeah, he was a child. You know, now he's come back. He's got a man's voice. How mm-hmm. would, you know? He was able to come back and share that with his father. Oh. That was wonderful. And Jocelyn, too, was so special that she went and got his father. Yes. After William was knighted yeah. by the... Oh, actually, we should talk about the place. Yes. Oh, and that's James Portnoy. And the only thing I'd seen him before in was The Following on TV with Kevin Bacon a couple seasons ago. Like that if, could be the six degrees of Kevin oh, Bacon yeah, moment. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Heath Ledger, Kevin Bacon. Oh, there you That's go. How, there's the connection. There you go. Everybody write that down. <laughs> um, yeah, because at first, because he's the crown prince. The prince Edward mm-hmm. is third in line for the throne. They right. do say that. So that I guess they think he's bored they're not quite sure he doesn't really have a place i guess so he decides he wants to joust but he's never served in an army never that's what they um they say about him yeah he's never served in an army or anything so he wants to do the jousting do the night thing yeah and he would even just hide his face when he was out in public yeah so people wouldn't recognize him right the fact that you know everyone's conceding to him and just forfeiting right Right. away and then will's like and you see his shoulders chose to be here right you know it's yeah so when he for when adamar forfeits again Mm -hmm. his shoulders slump like oh darn i wanted to ride my horse i wanted to joust and then william's like well all right if he wants to joust i'll joust like why would i not you know yeah and then it turns out and like you kind of like you watch it and it's great and everything and then you don't think about it again right until you know there he is in the stockade right because they find out his true identity that he is not a knight right he is found out he is spoiler alert (laughs) they find out but then the prince comes, 
And here's my question to my Night's Tale expert. Yes. Uh, So Prince Edward says to the crowd, well, this man has nobility. He's this and that and that and this. Do you think he was telling the truth? No. (laughs) I think he made it up. He said, we have found he's come from an ancient line. And um, that is my word and cannot be contested. Okay. Yes. Yeah, like basically, I'm to him going, I said it, so it's true. Okay. <laughs> I said it, so it's true. <laughs> <laughs> then he frees him. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. We got this crowd. Stand down. Stand right. down. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> and then he, he gets him out of the stockade, and then he... So then he is, becomes legitimately yeah. a knight, and he can legitimately fight in the tournament. Oh, I loved that. Yes. I loved it, loved it. Oh, we didn't even talk about what Jocelyn said to William how he would prove his love because of course he yes. declared we're going back and forth yeah, here sorry yeah. jason <laughs> but uh, and yes so she he goes to see her mm-hmm. and says i'm going to win this tournament for you and she's just like no you're not you're going to win it for yourself right. so if you really wanted to prove you loved me you would lose <laughs> and he's just like what <gasps> you're crazy at first he says he's not going to do that right he's not going to lose right oh but, all his buddies have made that bet already oh they've yes they've bet all their money that he's going to win because he's been winning yeah. and been doing very very well yeah <laughs> and then he stands there and just lets himself get oh, pummeled oh my god oh my god and then he's all bruised and then lady jocelyn's handmaid right. she comes along and says no now you can start winning yeah. <laughs> and he's just like damn woman yeah what is wrong with her <laughs> so then he's mad and that and of course he still wants to win but now he's going to be just like fine whatever yeah yeah well because they even had said well you still could win you know if right. all if these people lose and you start to win you still could win the tournament right. but he's like so determined to just lose at that point right I guess right. did she just wanted to see how far he would take it? I, I how much think did so. he does he really love? Because you see her just smiling, like, yeah. "Oh my God, he loves me! Oh, He's slam. losing!" Oh. <laughs> but of course, he does get his reward. That's right. for doing that. She comes and visits him in the tent. Yeah, yes. yeah, and they kissed. Yeah. They made out a little bit. Yeah, there's a little nookie <laughs> going on there. It was peachy, so you know. <laughs> and of course, he was very sore. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> You could say something about the practice when they were practicing. Oh, training. yeah. It was like a training montage. The training. I wrote montage here, too. Look, Yay! I wrote the same thing. And they used that song, Low Rider. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. Yep, and then, yep. you know, he, that first, he's going along and mm-hmm. they said, I think he's getting worse. Right, right. He is. He he's is. getting worse. But then he got better, of course. Yeah. We all know. Yeah, I was watching it thinking, oh, it's a montage like in Rocky. Yes. Or, or even Team America. <laughs> Well, actually, everyone has a montage. Team America. Oh, my God. <laughs> Team America. So uh, Brian Helgeland mm-hmm. said basically the main theme of this movie, youth, identity, freedom. There you go. They changed their stars. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't follow that. I think that's like the perfect ending unless you have anything else. I don't think I do. Oh, except my gosh. Love it. Watch it over and over. You can watch it more, Sue. I'm going to have to. We'll have to watch it together sometime, too. Yeah. I know. We didn't watch it together for this, but we can another time. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, with that, we will sign off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. (laughs) And I don't know how to turn this off, so I have to go get him now. Okay. Okay. Go get Jason. I'll sing a little ditty while you're doing it. I don't know. I don't know any ditties. (laughs) 
I don't really sing, except in the shower, maybe. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.